This is where we uncover the simple traditions that successful business owners are doing every day to build a successful home life while still taking the lead in their business. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard, and today we have such a good message of normalizing our messes and normalizing our home into a place that we can actually breathe in and live and enjoy, and it's not just consuming everything. And we have the perfect guest with us today to talk about this, Carly Thornock. I have followed her for a really long time, pretty much since she got started, and I love her messaging. I love her people. I love the things that she is doing in the world and the movement that she's created and being able to create homes where people actually feel energized in again instead of trapped. So welcome, Carly. Thank you for thank you so much for and, having me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so please tell everybody more about what you do and why and how you help people. Yeah, totally. That was a great description of what you gave. Um, I really, really am passionate about helping parents step up to the plate and use their most financially, um, like the, their biggest financial investment. Their their of their lives, usually people buy their ho- their houses, and then they don't know how to use them. So I want to I want these parents to learn how to use the most significant financial investment they make, in order to help them with their most significant relational investments that they make. Everybody on their deathbed is like, I wish I would have let worked less. I wish I would have loved my people better. I wish I would have spent more time with the ones that I love. And so I see this huge disconnect of us spending so much energy, time, worry, energy, uh, like emotional ex what am I trying to say emotional exertion (laughs) toward their house when their house is directly working in opposition to their life values and what they're going to really have matter when it's all over so I want to realign those things with my personal mission in the world (laughs) oh so good so so tell us then more how somebody can like recognize that their house is working against them because I feel like this is a topic that we're so focused on creating the cute Instagram kind of a picture in our home that we don't, it's hard to recognize when that's actually happening. So how do you help people even know that that's what they're experiencing, that it is their home that is part of the problem? Yes. Okay. So the problem is the feeling. So if you're feeling uncomfortable or dissatisfied or frustrated or annoyed about your house or about the people as they interact with your house. So if you are annoyed that there's dishes in the sink, if you're annoyed that the laundry never ends, if you're annoyed that the kids room isn't clean, if you're annoyed when things break, if you're really angry when the milk spills, if you find yourself really paranoid that the couch is going to bust. Um, and you're really, then that, that, that spills out into your relationship. So now you're angry with the kids and the kids are the problem. If you're experiencing any of this relational stress, then your house is working against you. Now, this isn't to say everybody needs to get rid of their dishes and get rid of their laundry and get rid of their couches. Like the, the answer is not to get rid of the things. The answer is to tweak our mindset so that the things are used in a way that helps us to feel loving, to feel present, to feel in tune and connected with one another. And then when this happens, our house kind of dissipates into the background because no longer are we stressed, worried, frustrated, angry, but everything that happens under our roof is working for us. So the mess then 
becomes the tool instead of to create friction and we experience that tension, we recognize the house is working against us and we switch it so that the mess now works toward our self-integration. So maybe it's you recognizing something about yourself that you need to realign. Maybe it's you connecting with your kid on a deeper level and helping them develop the skills or the mindset to progress. Maybe it's you in your relationship to God or to the community or to anything else all of these microcosms that are now causing frustration can be turned to, I call it like sanctification, where they're, they are, are, are instruments for peace and, and connection. So to go back to your original question, how to recognize that your house is working against you instead of for you, you feel like you're in contention with your house all the time. You're fighting against it. You can't get on top of it. You need to organize. The people are in the way. That's how you know. Yeah, uh, I love that description because I feel like that has become so normal that people often don't feel like that there's a different way, that that's not normal. And I know that it was for me, like I am super big into organizing, into like minimizing everything. And I realized like um, right at the beginning of following you, you started this thing of just gratitude for what your house is providing. And I remember um, along the road, <laughs> the road of doing that, one day I was like walking outside of my door and instead of, and my house was a mess. It was a total wreck. <laughs> and I usually would be so frantic and just angry. And then as I was leaving, I turned around and I had the, this peaceful feeling of like, thank you house for holding all of our stuff so I can still go out and do what I need to do with the world. And so it's just, it is so true that it can work for us. It doesn't have to be a sign that we're not enough, that we didn't do good enough, that there's something wrong. So what was it that you personally like found this gap or like, why is this so personal to you to help fix this or to, that this is your message? Mm -hmm. I see us being distracted specifically as mothers with the, the human seeming part of our homes and we are so caught up in the thick of thin things that we are losing the thick <laughs> what the actually important things and we are anxious we have depression we don't want to get out of bed we feel angry a lot of the time we're isolated and alone because we can't connect with other people unless we're perfect we just have all these these i call them manuals all these rules for when we're allowed to enjoy our lives. And it's crushing us. It's crushing us as moms. And I see it on Instagram. I see it in my interpersonal relationships, the things we talk about, the things we get down on about ourselves. And it needs to end because our life, we are here to love and to feel big feelings, bad and good. And we are here to just like be in our bodies, in the world, in these places that are given to us for our growth. And if we're distracted by this control and this anxiety, like we're missing the whole point. So it matters to me because do I love to create beauty? Yes. Do I love flipping through magazines of well-curated styled spaces? Oh, yes, I do. But I want to know the stories of the people. I want to hear why that woman put that thing in her house and what it means to her. And I want to know why my house, your house, all my friends' houses, look like a wreck when they do 
are we overwhelmed? Are we disconnected? Like what, are we just busy? Are we putting something else in front of vacuuming? Like the, all these things are great. They're all just little peephole windows into our souls. And when we can see our house as these little peepholes and start looking through them like, oh, how interesting. I wonder why I'm doing that. I wonder why she's doing that. I wonder how I can love with this experience. Then our lives get elevated. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs where when we take our house from just shelter into like safety, like that's a great big step. And when we take our house from safety to relationships, that's a huge big step. But then our house can even be a self-actualizing tool where we become who we need to be. So I'm getting all like meta on you. <laughs> this is why I care so much. And with my background in marriage and family, I see, I see like statistically what's working for people. I see statistically how being like warm and having high expectations are great ways to parent. And then I look out in the world and we're all like, what does that mean? Nobody knows what that means. And I see the interior design world being like, actually, perfection is the key. So I, my, I want to integrate it all and be like, perfection doesn't work for what our goals are in parenting. Here's what does work. Beauty works. Inspiration works. Connection works. Presence works. Choices work. Awareness works for parenting. But I see the interior design world like crashing down on us being like, actually be, perfe be perfect. Actually be perfect. Actually be perfect. And it does not help. So that's why I chose house as my medium because it's, this world that I think society has been confused about in uh, good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe, yes. maybe it's questionable, but, <laughs> but perhaps there are good intentions of we took beauty and we made it perfection and we took um, like home and we made it house. And so we need to just move the needle back just a little bit and refocus. Yeah. And that's so good too, to point out like, that you love the curated homes and all of the things that are beautiful. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting a interior design type modeled house and all of these things. But what you're saying about the story behind the, the interior design, the story behind what you surround yourself, like those are so valuable. I think just as a grounding yourself on who you are, why you put that there there, it feels more welcoming in your own home. I know um, just recently I heard this story about this guy, his grandma's house was being bulldozed down. His grandma had passed away and she had this beautiful tree in the backyard and he paid thousands of dollars to have this tree turned into their living room table because he wanted that as part of their memory. And I think things like that, like they light me up of this idea of let's create a home that has memory, not just a home that looks perfect. <laughs> That's so yes. Cool. So yes. what, what then can people start doing right now? Um, because I think so much as women, as moms, we get excited about new ideas like this and then we go all in and we just like get rid of everything. So what <laughs> can people start doing right now to really make their home feel more them, make their home feel less of this just junk pile where everything's accumulating. So I'm going to take you on a little journey with me, but we were going to end at your question. So I love to teach in paradoxes because it teaches us the extremes and how both extremes can be right and how we can choose on this gradient of zero and 100% where we actually want to be. 
So if one extreme is I want to be very intentional with all the things in my home. I want things to have meaning and I want my soul to be part of this home. Like, I love that. I'm all in. Like, that's great. Also, the other, the extreme of this is, or the other end of the spectrum is letting go of our attachment to our things. And we need to not be so attached so that when people come in, when kids destroy, when fires burn, when we experience just like the, the flow of life that sometimes disrupts our, our occupation of our homes in the world, um, we can let go with, without attachment, right? This enlightenment idea, like we don't even need anything. Oh, like that's one extreme. So versus like everything has such deep meaning. We are so integrated with it. So these are two very important things to think about and to let become part of ourselves. And then we get to choose where we want to fall in between these two and what feels right for us on any given particular day, season, life, life stage. Um, and we're always going to be kind of toggling. So if one of these feels more natural to you, like, I don't care about the messes. I just want everybody to be, I don't care about my house. Maybe you want to explore a little bit more intention and a little bit more um, direction and focus. And maybe if you're type A and you want everything to have a certain degree of meaning and, and a certain degree of organization, and da, 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 maybe you want to explore letting go just to stretch yourself. And in this way, the home becomes the putty with which we become as a people, as our, as our mother, as a mother, as a woman, as parents, as a family. And so what's one thing that we can do to start to play with the house is seeing the house as the putty seeing the house as not something to get right and letting go of this paradigm that there is a right and that takes everything when we're coming from this standard american even like worldwide cultural view of the home as a perfection project stepping out of that box feels like the hugest thing you're ever going to do it's letting go it's the free fall it's stepping into meaning and stepping into letting go. It's a different spectrum than we've ever operated on before. So that's the first step is feeling curious about your house, feeling a sense of wonder about what it can do for you and not changing a single thing. It's observing and being willing to think about your house in a completely different way. So that might seem abstract. So here's one question for you. The question you can ask yourself today is, what if? What if this wasn't right or wrong? What if a, a sink full of dishes wasn't right or wrong? What if unmade beds were just as good as made beds? What if crumbs meant nothing about my personal worth? What would happen if I just didn't wipe my walls? What would happen if I threw out every single pen except for the one that I love the most? So we just want to start like what ifing, what ifing around our house. What would happen if I put 17 shirts in a box? What would happen if I hung them all up on matching hangers? What would happen? And that's how we start to play on the spectrum and start to hone in with what we actually like, what feels good to us. And most importantly, what helps us show up as the people, as the, as the women we want to actually be. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's so good. Especially because I think all of us, um, 
whether we're like actively trying to go towards it or not, we're all seeking some kind of status. Like we're, we want to be the cool mom or we want to be somebody who's seen as super like good at interior design. Like we want these certain status in our life. And so to realize like you can achieve status with your home, like have it be your petty, have it be the thing that creates the life you want instead of working against you. One of the a story that came back to my mind as you we were talking was, and to reiterate this example that you gave is there was this lady, she asked her um, niece to come over with all these other kids to be babysat at her home while they went out with friends on a date. While the kids were there, one of the kids got a marker and drew this big picture on one of the walls and the babysitter didn't realize and she was so sorry when the mom got back and she's like, no, 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 no. it's totally fine. It's totally okay. The parents came there. Like the child got in trouble by their parents because they were mad that they would draw on the walls of someone else's house. And, and then later they came back again to that house. And what this lady had done is she had framed, like just put a frame around this drawing. And she told that boy afterwards, like, thank you for filling my home with art. And I feel like that was, she used her home as her putty to teach that boy, like he's not, not wanted here. This is for him. This is his place. Like, it's okay to be human. And I, mm-hmm. so I really like that idea that our, our homes are our petty. They're our, our tools. So, so now my question is then what, what do you do as a mom to help pass down this idea to your kids where they're respectful of other people's stuff of things in general, but also um, not over the top where it's, it has to be perfect. How do you have that balance as a mom and with kids who our kids they just go everywhere and they climb on everything so how do you help them be respectful of home and stuff and clean up but also where it's not this like just draining have to do it all the time type of a mentality Mm, yes uh well it all starts with my brain (laughs) my brain as a mom because can i control my children absolutely not And whenever we try to control our children, it doesn't work. Like, have you ever tried to make your kid open their mouth and like chew and swallow something that they don't want to eat? It just doesn't work. When it comes down to it, we truly have zero control. We can't make them sleep without drugs and abuse. We can't like make them chew food. We can't make them happy. We can't make them perform. And we can uh, manipulate and invite. And those are kind of our, our two options when it comes to parenting our children. And so we get to make the choice. How do we want to show up in the world with our, with our children? Are we going to try to control them? And why is that important to us? It comes back to what you said about status of like, who's, whose hierarchy of success am I climbing? I love this idea of politeness because it goes back to like the 1700s in France when there was just social hierarchies that they were trying to establish and somebody made the rules of like, you know how to use this work or you don't. And that's how I distinguish who's actually posh and who's actually a loser. And so they made up these arbitrary rules and people adopted them to be accepted into poshness, into society, right? And it's kind of trickled down through the ages so that we have a standard set of behaviors that we have accepted as being respectful and accepted as being polite. But 
what is actual respect and what is actual awareness and kindness? And does it have anything to do with polite? I think it has nothing to do with it. I can feel respectful no matter what my children are doing. I can feel respected no matter what my children are doing, no matter who comes in my home, no matter what they do with my stuff. This is that aspect of letting go of like, I am separate from my things. And as I, as I fully fill out that space of controlling my own respect that I feel inside of my own soul and allowing others to feel respected, whether or not we follow some set of arbitrary rules that vary from person to person and you're really just guessing anyways, right? Um, we allow our children to learn that, that ownership of feeling. And that is what I want my kids to learn with my house. I want them to learn I can be aware of my surroundings and feel, feel respectful and fill my behavior with respect because I feel respect. And that's what I want to align with them. In some people's houses, respect is taking off your shoes and sitting nicely with your bum on the couch and your feet not on the couch and eating in the kitchen and asking to use the bathroom. Like in some people's houses, that's respect. And in other people's houses, respect is being using specific words, using words that we would say are like kind or, or polite, or maybe it's um, coming into their house at all and being just exactly who you want to be. Like everybody gets to decide what respect looks like. Okay, so I want to teach my children how to feel respect and how to act from respect. Now, this is going to look different for every person, every child, right? But I want them to integrate that into their body, into their system. This is going to take 18 years. ETA to responsibility and respect, 18 years. So my nine-year-old, my seven-year-old, my five-year-old, they're going to be super bad at first feeling respect and second, aligning their actions to the respect that they feel. But as I create a bubble of how I feel respect and what that looks like in the world, they will mirror me. So if anybody is having problems with teaching their children to respect the things in their home, it's probably because they don't feel respect in their own souls. And that is their own problem. Whatever their kids are doing is not going to feel a hole in their heart. Whatever couch they have is not going to feel the hole in their heart. They get to feel the hole in their heart with their own feelings of respect. And when we feel respect, nobody can disrespect us. Yeah. Ah, that's so good. Especially like just changing the conversation from how do we do this with our stuff? How do we train our kids? How do we make them do this or that? And focusing more on the relationships again. Like it's not about the stuff. It's about the people. <laughs> so totally. But that doesn't mean you have to let your kids jump on your couch or spray paint your paintings or whatever it is. Like you're allowed to have boundaries, but the purpose of boundaries is not to pre like preserve the things. I love this painting behind me. I totally love it. There's a story behind it, all the things. If my kids came in and drew on it with a Sharpie, I'd feel feelings of sadness because I enjoy it. But the purpose of this painting can be elevated from show off something with a story even. So like the first, the base level would be like to show off and look perfect to my friends. Second level would be to fill my home with something that's meaningful and that I really enjoy. And then third level would be to be used to feel feelings and connect with people. So if somebody drew on this painting, I would feel disappointed. I would feel sad. I would communicate that. I would express it. And 
I would choose to love anyway, and I would teach by being respectful to my child in this situation and being kind and um, aware of them as if, you know, as I can show up as my best self in the best case scenario, right? Um, I would show them how to be respectful when they have been disrespectful by me being respectful to them. Oh, that's so good. So that's how we teach respect, right? Is by being respectful. I think that that is such a huge hidden key that we, it's so simple that we miss it so often that the best way to teach it is when you're in those hard situations and then to model it. And that's how your kid's going to know. Oh, I that's love that. how they'll know. So then the couch becomes a placeholder. The painting becomes a placeholder for when this piece in my home is abused, I will show respect and they will learn respect. Ah, versus respect me respect me in my property blah blah rules right yeah yeah here it's in your real it's in your heart it's in your soul it's in your body and if you're not feeling respect you are not going to be able to teach respect Mm -hmm. and i think too i think it gets really hard as we go about our day-to-day life seeing these stuff that we work hard as parents trying to provide for our kids and then when they do something disrespectful or that feels disrespectful to us, we assume they automatically know. But like you said, over and over in this conversation, it's arbitrary. It it doesn't necessarily mean that's actually respectful. So our kids being patient with them, understanding to them, that's a, a couch is a perfect jumping jack. Like that that's a perfect place to have their trampoline. That's not this valuable piece of furniture that costs lots of money. Like, so... I think that's really, really valuable. So what... what they aren't attacking us. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but what would you tell... Um, what would be your last bit of advice for moms who want to start making that a pattern in their life, but that doesn't feel natural for them, that um, they've never seen that model before of this idea of showing respect in the hard moments? How can they get started in a way that... Um, they don't feel like they have to do it perfectly right from the get-go, but we'll move them in the right direction. This is a tacit skill that we're talking about here. So what the tacit skill is, is something that you have to do that nobody can tell you how to do. You can't, like I could explain to you all day how to shoot a basketball, but until you get a ball in your hands and you place your fingers where it need to be, they need to be and get your elbow in the right place, you're not going to understand what I'm talking about. And so the same is true with how we use our homes and how we show up us first versus things first, or even our children um, first. And by children, I mean like the controlling of them. Uh, So the first step is to just be aware that this is going to be really uncomfortable, that you're not going to know. And that really limits a lot of people. This is the thing that I think um, most people get stuck in the longest and all my new clients are like, I want, I want to work with you, but I don't know how, and I'm going to be bad at it. And I think everybody goes through this phase. And the first step is be okay being bad at it. Be And then just start noticing the invitations with the wonder and the curiosity of, Oh, that's a situation where I maybe could have been more curious or this is, at the end of the day, this is a, a time where I felt that frustration or that that conflict 
maybe I can revisit it and do it differently tomorrow. The first step is just watching. It's like when you're trying to lose weight, like the first step that any good like weight loss coach is going to have you do is just like write down what you're already eating. Let's see where we're at. Let's take like a, a diagnostic of what's actually going on. So this is the same way here when you're wanting to create an intentional home. Just see what's going on. See where you're at. See what's happening when you're feeling triggered. See what your biology is doing and see where your kids are at. And just like write it down. So I, I encourage all of my clients to write for 30 minutes every morning. We call them uh, thought jots. And this comes from the artist's way, like morning pages, where you write for 30 minutes, everything on your brain, all the things you're thinking about, all the ways you think you're the worst mom in the world, all the ways that went good. It just like comes out on the page. And from there, you'll develop awareness throughout the day. And then you regurgitate onto the page the next morning. And you're going to start to notice where you're feeling frustrated and start to see the opportunities little by little. Oh, so good. Well, thank you so much, Carly. And with everything that you have going on right now, there's so many, like, I'm just really excited about all the things that you're doing. So what is the best way for people to be able to connect with you and come into your world if they're resonating with this message and they want to know more? Oh, I'm so glad that you're on the bandwagon because it's so much fun. And I love to connect with moms like you and your audience too. Um, I have the Intentional House podcast. Come on over and listen. That's probably the easiest way to hear hear more about how the house can be used as a tool to love your people. Um, I'm also at intentionalhouse.com and on Instagram, intentionalhouse. And you can join me in the Home Love Lab, which is my membership program. So if you're loving this and you want to jump in with two feet and it feels overwhelming, I offer a group coaching program where we do weekly calls and there's a whole curriculum and a bunch of supportive materials to keep you on the right track and learning intentionally as you develop those tacit skills. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Carly. And thank you everybody for listening. We will see you next time. I'm so glad that you were able to be here and discover more with us of what it means to be a successful parent. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rate interview so that we can reach more amazing parents who are looking for ways to truly succeed with their kids too. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at WandaHoward.Live. If you're like, holy cow, this was amazing, but I have so many more questions, then send me a DM with your biggest takeaways and all of your questions. I'll be sure to take care of you. Have an amazing day, and I will see you in our next episode.